This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates in central Iowa companies. Amplified. Welcome, everybody, to the Amner Martinez podcast. And yet again, we have another special episode. This is with former lightweight champion, born and raised in Iowa, John Roby, John Pretty Boy Roby. And him and Kathy Bruins uh, got together and wrote a book about his amazing story. Uh, he... Uh, he lives here in Des Moines. He's from Fort Dodge. And I've been in Iowa since 1995. And uh, why didn't I hear about him, you know? So, like, it's his story needs to be told. And uh, he's telling his story, obviously, via this book. Uh, and he was kind enough. He was kind enough to uh, invite us over to his place. And we saw his belts and... Um, you know he's 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 had a such a journey, uh, and this book talks about his ups and downs, and uh, he was a champion, and uh, not everybody can say that, especially in boxing. So, uh, Iowa born and raised John Pretty Boy Roby uh, is our guest, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, share it, comment on it. If you know of uh, of him or if you saw one of his fights, and he's uh, obviously like still wanting to do things, so he's open for corporate events and uh, book signings, and so he's somebody that I believe should be celebrated. Uh, and uh, he's towards the you know last chapter of his life, and um, I believe, and many people believe, that he should be celebrated here in the in the state of Iowa. So. Um, I want to thank John Wa Joe Walsh. I'm sorry. I want to thank Joe Walsh for coming. He's a, a longtime friend of John, and uh, he was. Uh, he tells us what how their friendships uh, evolved, like uh, basically suspending John uh, when he was uh, 44 and he was going to fight, and uh, he suspended John and made him go through some neuroscientific neuroscience. Uh, um, testings before he could fight again um and from there their friendship bloomed so i want to thank joe and i want to thank manny too our guy manny he uh, is a big boxing fan so he's the one that made this this happen so um anyways we got a lot of good conversation good pictures good video so and a great story from uh john roby so without further ado here's the champion the junior lightweight champion John Pretty Boy Roby. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you. So does it feel like you're you're at a press conference? Does it like take you back? Yep. What like how many press conferences do you remember being in? I was I was like I was there but I wasn't the main event, but I've been in a couple. Uh-huh. How how does it feel being on a press conference? Like, do you did did you do this the the Pressure. Mac talking or Pressure. or were you the quiet person or the other pe person was like nervous, quiet? You know, that's just me. Uh huh. So you're you, you was well, because you know some boxers are known for like being the antagonizers and like the mobs, you know. You're just there to like do the work. Try, do the best I could do. <laughs> 
So um, we're good, Abraham. Yep. All right. So thank you for joining us. Um, I, I'm just like becoming familiar with, with John, uh, and uh, it seems to be a remarkable story that like needs to be told. And and uh, obviously, there's a book uh, with Katie Bruins that he did. That uh, you've been promoting the book, right? Definitely. Um, th- th- Tell us a little bit about the book, real quick. So, how did you? How did it come about uh, that you met Kathy, Kathy Bruins? Excuse me. Um, how did that come about? How did the book become a reality? Well, a guy who I was with was rich. I was leaving to come back fight, and uh, it didn't happen. I went up there, and uh, you know, I weighed in. You know, they passed me, but then my license wasn't. They called back the Iowa Joe Walsh, and. Uh, they revoked my license, you know. They revoked your license? Well, yeah, because I had to get, my, I had to get an Earl, and I passed it, but not the right way. So uh, it's, it's this long story. But anyway, uh, Rich said I had a great uh, career, and so he said, uh, I think your story needs to be told. Uh-huh. So uh, maybe two months down the road, I went back up there, and we had a, uh, Meeting with Kathy. Uh-huh. So uh, <coughs> before Kathy, there was this one lady who was going to do my book story. And she liked it, but she passed it on, and Kathy met with us. So she thought, hey, you got a great story. So mm. her, reaching her, talked about it, and then she got, you know, calling me. And uh, like she would probably call me like every month, talk to me for like an hour. Uh-huh. Write stuff down uh-huh. a bit about what I went through, so that's how it all came about. So he's great, great book writer, and I just want to thank uh, Rich and the people who helped me uh-huh. get it published out there. So, um, I mean, I've read something where you're like, "Have you had a life uh, uh, good enough to uh, make a movie out of, or to make a a book out of?" And it seems like you have, and I'm trying to, we're, we're going to try our best to, like, work our way through, like, your career into, like, uh, 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 from when you started until, like, the book. So when did you uh, remember the first time that you're like, I want to be a boxer? Well, first time I've seen, I've seen, well, back then, uh, say, late, no, early, the 80s my cousin was a great fighter and then he was always looking at sugar ray and i remember back then they had howard davis speedy brothers and sugar ray leonard uh-huh. and uh i liked howard davis but everybody told oh look at sugar 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 ray and uh that's how boxing i got it in my blood because my cousin is a great fighter and then he got me uh enthused about it so i was always watching him fight and watching train how old and, were you when that when uh when 16 16 yes you just like, w- did you walk into a boxing club? Or I like walked in. My cousin helped me out, trained me a little bit, and uh, that's how the story began. Did you d- did you know that that you were gonna eventually become a champion, or like that mm-hmm. just kind of evolved it's with fights and the with the wins? Dedication. I never knew it, but it was just like dedication and uh, determination, and I had will. Uh, a lot of people didn't believe in me, but you know, first of all. 
people can make me or they can make me or break me, but I gotta believe my own self. Because uh-huh. if I don't believe my own self, then the broken dreams ain't gonna happen. Yeah. So you did you do any amateur um, boxing? Yes, I had. Uh, I had like thirty six and six. Uh, I went to Golden Gloves, went to nationals. We always got beat out first round, and it was this. Uh, I think pretty nice amateur career. It was just yeah. Did you did you do the Iowa book, uh, uh, Golden Gloves? Um, yes, I ne- I beat. I got beat by the gloves by one of ABS. I got beat by the great fighter uh, Michael Nunn. Michael second to none. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So you didn't win the Iowa Golden Gloves. No, I won the uh, ABF and Iowa Golden Gloves. Well, ABF. I think a little bit. Ah, uh, okay, okay, okay. I see. You got to win the ABF, then you got to go to regionals. Uh-huh. You got Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Then you got to go to ABF National. So it's a little bit harder to get into the Nationals. But the Golden Gloves, all you do is win the Golden Gloves. Then you go straight to the Nationals. Uh-huh. So. So you, you, you did your amateur career. And then when did you decide to, how old were you when you decided to go pro? I believe 25. At 25 years old? Yeah. Okay. I had my ups and downs. I went on one year to turn pro. It didn't work out, so I came back home, and, uh-huh. uh, hey, you always get a second chance, so. When was your second chance? When did you got a second chance? Well, the guy from uh, Wisconsin was Gary Piner. Uh-huh. So he knew me because he used to work living for Dodge, and he was, uh, he was a coach up in uh, Wisconsin, and he knew Manuel Stewart. So his son fought for Manuel Stewart, so he told me, Hey, John, I told me I was pretty good. So I went up there with him for a while. So it all worked out, you know. He got me a shot at the, at the IBO. So uh-huh. he was good at first, but then he started selling me out. So, so how, uh, take me back a little bit. Like, so when you were uh, you were a pro and, okay, and educate me. Like, what's the weight for uh, the for his? Yeah, for 125, what? was it? What is that, junior lightweight? Uh for a championship fight, it's 130, but it can be anywhere from 130 to 34 for junior lightweight. So wh- how, how many fights did you have to win to, like, start to become a contender for, like, the championship? I think about, Joe, what do you think, about six? Yeah, it, w- it, was, it was about that, and it, it really was more about the quality of the opponents uh-huh. uh, at that time. So you had to get wins against against winning fighters uh. in in certain circumstances and then you know and then you get into their rankings and that's and that's how they pulled and frankly the you know when John got his crack at the title uh you know I've I've looked at all I've studied John's career uh, in great detail and in my opinion just yeah. looking back on it you know they brought John down there because they wanted they they brought the uh, John down there into the champions home turf at his home and so they were trying to set him up they thought they had somebody they could beat. Oh. So John wasn't supposed to win that fight. Kind of <coughs> I deal. see, I see. So how many fights, though? Like, So when you turn pro, and, and uh, is it different nowadays, like boxing? Uh, now is it more like strategical? They they put you with like weaker opponents. They kind of build you up. Yeah, it's always, it's always been that way. It's always been that way. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's what they thought with John, that they were going to put – uh, Ro- is it Roger uh, Bodine? Bodine. Oh, Bonine. Bonine. I'm sorry. Thank Bonine. you, Roger. Roger Bonine. So they were like, okay, let's f- get 
John Roby, and uh, he should be an easy win. Yeah, I don't know if they thought it. I don't know if they thought it'd be that easy, but they were definitely trying to match him uh, against somebody that they thought that Roger was going to get get the win. I don't. I don't think they thought it would be easy. If you would have looked at John's record at that point in time, you know that wasn't an easy out. But it was a championship fight, so you can't. You, uh-huh. you know, most most state commissions won't approve a you know a, a, a just a garbage fight. Uh, so, I see. I see. But, I see. But so they didn't. I don't think they probably thought it was a. Uh, you know, nobody nobody could lo- have looked at John's record and thought this is a cupcake uh-huh. or a gift. But by the same token, I think they. I think their idea was that they were going to find an opponent that that Roger could win the title on. How did you feel when they said, hey, you're getting a shot at the title, start training? Like, wh- what was that like? Well, I was pretty su- pretty, pretty surprised. Uh, I waited. I've been waiting for this for a long time. Then finally one day, it, they popped me in the face. I couldn't believe it. And it was like a, really honestly, like a birthday. Really? So, like, you you must have been static. You must have been like, uh, what? I was waiting and waiting and out of nowhere, you know? They said, you're next. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, dog. I've been begging, waiting for all uh-huh. this time, and it just ha- it happened. Like a dream. So, you started training. Tell us about the training. Like, wh- where did you train? Like, <sighs> I trained here, but then I went to Wisconsin. I trained with the, uh, Kenny Gould, uh, his father. Kenny Gould was a silver medalist. Uh-huh. For the 88 Olympics. Okay. His dad trained me. I was training there and getting some sparring with him. You lived uh, up there while you were training. Was, yeah, and uh, I was training in his gym, in his garage. Kept it like like 95, 100 degrees. So I didn't really have any trouble making a weight. Uh-huh. It was just really, really hard. It was hot, but I was used to it. So So w- on the, the, w- as, the, as the fight like approached... Did you feel ready? Did you feel like oh, was there any doubt in your uh, mind? Well, no, I believe I've been waiting and I was determined to go down there and give my all give my all and hey, I was gonna make that weight. Even uh-huh. it was killing me, but I left here probably a pound over, but you know what? When I got down there. Did you no, watch any of his fights? No, I didn't have to. What I about just knew, I just knew he was a good fighter. And I knew I could break him down. What about strategy? Like, did you have a strategy? No, I didn't. You have just that. went in the box. I went in <laughs> to bang him and uh-huh. show him he can he can beat me. You know. What's so. your What's your best like? What's your best punch? Well, I guess my best punch being in shape. Uh, body, 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 body. Okay. Break doing the word of body down. The hands drop. So, uh-huh. but uh. This uh, trying to pressure box, you know, just be smarter. So, so you do. So, was there a press conference for that one? Yes, it he was? uh, he said uh, I was wearing a fireman hat there down there, and he said he's gonna put the fire out. Oh, uh. you know. So, uh, yeah, he, he was overconfident, overrated. So. What can I say? Uh, I just gave it to him. Uh, you know? So then, okay. So what? Let's walk us through. So like, you're, the night of the fight comes. Where Where is the fight? Well, is it in Mississippi? You said no. It was in Dawson, Georgia. <coughs> uh, well, three days for the fight. Well, anyway, I had to run out two days before the fight because I was hitting the skills by about one thirty and a half. 
didn't get that last half pound off. Oh. But uh, he was in there laughing. So I said, well, it looked like he's out there running because when I went down there about that time, the temperature was probably like 40 degrees. But uh, So you were just trying to lose like some, some that water last, weight. That last like half pound wouldn't come off. Damn. You know, it couldn't come off. But uh, I went in the showers that night to turn on the, uh, uh-huh, the steam uh-huh. in the showers. Yeah. Probably lost nothing, nothing but then. I went to sleep. Were you drinking water? Were you eating? No, I what? didn't eat like anything. Nothing, right? I, I was just dry. I was right, dried right, right, out. Right, right. And uh, I still had a half pound by that morning. Uh, I had to I barely hit, made it. I barely made it. Uh, so you so you made weight. And then how does it feel to be walking down like, as they call your name, and you walking towards the ring? Uh, everybody looking at you. Uh-huh. Had all, I guess everybody had all eyes on me, so. Are you nervous? Uh, Are you scared? Are you? Mm, yeah, I was a little nervous, but you know, I knew I had to give a good performance because, hey, Daz was against me. Uh huh. So what? So it was a wh- how many rounds was the fight? Twelve rounds. Twelve rounds. But it went five. Were you there? Uh, uh, no. Do you, uh, you were much younger than. Yes, <laughs> the I was. I was not there at that time. I studied it. I. I, I have watched it. Uh, okay. I've watched a video of it. And, uh, yeah, th- I mean, John just broke him down with straight straight shots to the body. Uh. John just broke him down and walked him down. Uh, uh, and, and, and I think stunned a lot like of people. Like the full fight? Yeah. Is there a video of the full fight? Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've got it. I, oh, I, that would be, be cool to have. Yeah. I had some progress on my phone, like, like the last minute. Oh, really? Yeah, my phone. So at what point in the fight were you confident that you won, uh, or was it a close what? fight? No, no, no. I knew I was after I first second round. I hit him to the body, and he, he you could you hear know. you could hear him. Then I knew I was confident. Uh, I was confident. I knew Kenny Gould said go to the body. I was breaking him down. With I was the left, left to the body. Uh-huh. I was focused on the body, the body, the body. You know. He was, I don't think he was that strong, but I just punched the body. I was breaking the body down. Like a, Did he like ever a, get you with a good punch? Oh, he hit me, but, you know, I was just too strong. You know, I was like like trying to chop the tree down, you know, uh-huh. like like uh, John Henry, you know. But, you know Were you ever it. in trouble in the fight? Oh, never. No? No. I was just a, I was like a Corbo Hulk, just strong. You were, you were a boxing him. Yeah, I was just strong there. I don't know why I was so strong. Did you see his face? Like, was there a time where you saw his face and, like, worried, like, that he knew? Or? Yeah, he was desperate. He was throwing crazy punches. He knew he. I was stronger than two, so I was lying. You know, uh, what, <coughs> uh, what round did you know, though? Like, what is Oh, I knew it. Uh, the first time we went down, when I hit him in the third round, I knew he started to run. I knew that. It was yours to win. I knew, hey. He's running to survive. Ah. So it went down to decision? Uh, no, fifth round knockout. I knew. Oh, wait. You knocked him? You knocked him? Body shot. Oh. So th- do you mind breaking it down for us, Joe? Like, wh- where did he go down? Uh, what round did he? Oh, yeah. He went down He went down several times. And, man, it's been a while since I've actually watched that fight. But, uh, no, he went He went down a couple times. How many times did you knock him down, John? It was it Twice. Twice. Okay. And so, and then, and he didn't want to, he didn't want to get back up anymore. He was just done. 
Really? So he didn't come out of, of, of what round did he? He wobbled at the end of the, he got up and he walked and he wobbled. And uh can't remember, it's been so long, you know, it's, I remember the, so hitting him and, <gasps> he was, <gasps> you, uh. know, you know, I was body, body, you know. So what what round did the fight end? Fair for six. Six round. Mm-hmm. He wobbled. He couldn't walk. He didn't know where he was at. So, wait, I'm sorry, because I'm not very well educated in boxing. So, like, is was a six round match or a uh, twelve round match? It was a twelve round IBO. And you s- you stopped him at six rounds. Six six round, correct. Oh, so it wasn't a decision. It was like no. a knock. It was a. It's a knockout. KO, yeah. So what then? What was the like the controversy then? Did it? Did it wasn't there like some chanting, like uh, racial slurs that was yeah. happening? Pop cans, Pepsi, <coughs> what was that about? Do you know about that, about the situation? Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been to a boxing match when uh, or any type of combat sports, when the hometown guy loses, oh. it's, it's never popular. But I think what I think part of what happened there, and I've watched that video a couple times, I think they were trying to claim there was some controversy at the end of it, that Roger wanted to continue and the fight shouldn't have been stopped or something oh, like that. See, and then I that see. stuff tends to rile the crowd up, especially your hometown crowd. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, uh, looking at it, they had brought John down there to lose. And, and you know, Roger, uh, now I, John, John gets a little, I don't know if embarrassed is the right word, but he doesn't like to talk about the, racial aspect because i don't think roger was involved in that I mean, no. roger, Ro- roger was no a class act in class. that regard and, and so, so john i've always noticed when i've talked with john and the subjects come up john's that kind of shied away from mm-hmm. that part of it because yeah. but you know fight crowds can be racist that's just a fact yeah definitely yeah, yeah. any sport yes yes right, yeah correct. A- absolutely and so i think you know that was all part of it hometown guy lost um black guy came down there and mm-hmm. and beat the white guy uh, and so there was all you know it, that was all uh, adding you, up that did you ever feel like uh in danger like mm, well a little bit afraid you know everybody you know all the people around drunk throwing cans yeah, yeah 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 you know obvious you know why not yeah i'm outnumbered mm-hmm. thousand or thousand and one right so and then on the book it says that the 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 other boxer roger he got up and he said something to the crowd. Oh yeah, he just said, uh, uh, you know, he was a gentleman. Great, he, he lost and he asked for a deathly, uh, for his first offense. I gave it to him, and he said I it was he, fair and square. Yeah, he wanted to be first defensive. I told him I would give it to him. He seemed like he vanished. So then the announcer comes out and he like. There's a new champion. Mm-hmm. And they, they throw pop cans or whatever, you know, but Roger got him took up. I mean, class Did they ad. give you the belt at that, yeah. at that moment? Yeah, Roger's a class ad gentleman, very respectful. How did you feel when you got that belt around your waist? I feel like, uh, how would you feel if you got a million dollars? King of the feel. world? Mm-hmm. How much was your paycheck? Not that much, a couple thousand. Okay. Not that much. This is 19... 90 93 1993 mm-hmm. so did you even sleep that night what did you do after you left the, the well you know this drug county you can't get beer 
What? It's Gerald County, but I got a couple beers from Roger. Huh? Roger Bonai. Oh, really? He's the, yeah. How how did that happen? I don't know. He me became good, pretty good friends. Uh, I don't know. I don't just know. Get, he just got you beers in the locker room or something? No, or? I went to the hotel. He brought me a couple beers. Cause it was get out of here. <laughs> yes, he did. Wow, that's awesome. He's a awesome. good guy. He's a good guy. <coughs> you know, he liked collard greens and all that soul food like me. Oh, wow. That's so he's a good guy. He invited me down. So you were the king of the world that night. Yeah, that night. But a lot of people I went, I went to the store. They would, they look at me like, I need to get out of town. Ah, and you just it. won the championship. Yeah. You just became they didn't champion. like me. Yeah. A lot of people there didn't like me. Well, let's talk a, lot of, a little bit about, like, boxing overall. Uh, and Joe, Joe Walsh, oh. so you, you tell us about your friendship with uh, – um, John and how, how did that come about? Yeah, uh, I'd be happy to. I was the state. Ath- I was the director of our state athletic commission from 2005 through about uh, 2020, and it was 2006. I was overseeing. I was regulating John's last fight. What uh-huh. turned out to be his last fight. He didn't want it to be his last fight. Mm-hmm. We were before we got on. I, we were talking a little bit about how we became friends after that fight. Um, I'm actually the. We actually weren't friends at first. Uh, okay. uh, I, I'm the guy who suspended John and said, "John, you got to get a, you got to get some neuro testing, and we got to see what's going on here uh, oh, after see, that last fight." And then, uh, so you know, 2005, 2006, you said yes. That, that was like how many years into your boxing career? Like twenty? Yeah, twenty some. How many fights did you have under you? Thirty uh, six. 40, 45. I'm going to say more like 40, 45. Okay. Yeah, I think that was, I think it, it was, it was getting up there. Yeah. And I was surprised when I saw John on the fight card because I knew John, I knew who he was. If, you know, most of the box, the boxing people and I would know who John Roby okay, is. Okay, I see. And I saw him and I'm like, John, it can't be John, I can't be the same John Roby. I'm like, uh-huh. he, he's 44 now. And, you know, I'm like, but I get up there and it was at the Delaware County Fairgrounds in Manchester, Iowa. And it was 105 degrees out in the shade that that early evening, and um, and so I go, you know, I check out all the fighters and and look at the and they had John mashed up against a young guy, guy in his mid 20s, uh, uh. a real tough, a really tough local Iowa fighter, uh, another good guy, and um, I'm like and uh, who w- who came in the fight overweight a little bit, you know, he was he was bigger than John. And I thought, man, I don't know. This is a, you know, matching a guy in his mid twenties up right. against John at, in his mid forties. I'm not sure about this fight. I'm checking it out. I go over and check it out with the doctor. I check it out with John's team and check it out with the other fighters' team. And and we had and we had the fight that night. And I thought, man, it, it, I'm just it was hot, okay. And uh-huh. it was uh, what was happening was there was condensation in the ring between every round. It, it because it was so hot as the sun started to go it down. Went. It get wet, so we oh. had a, we had a kid in each corner with a towel, and they'd go in and try to towel it off, but you know by the time twenty seconds around is going, it's back, it's all wet again. It's, yeah. And so the fighters are slipping in there. It was not a great it was not a great look for Iowa boxing, frankly. But uh, uh, March not Jeremy March was a f- other fighter. He knocked him down a couple times in the second round. By the third, fourth round, and, and John John said he slipped. I mean, he did get tagged, but he, but it was a slip, you know, and by the third and fourth round, you know, John is, John is chasing him around the ring 
and he just he couldn't get his punches off. You know, he and if he'd been able to, I, you know, by the fifth round, there's no question he would have gone down if, uh-huh. if John just could have got the punches off. But I talked to the doctor afterwards, and I said, you know, we need to, we need to, John's had a long career, and he's taken a lot, he's been in a lot of hard fights. Right. You know, he's been in there, he's fought guys like Mayweather, he's fought world-class uh-huh. fighters out there. And so let's see what's going on, and that's when, that's when I put the suspension and said, let's get some more medical information here. And you didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't like it, but they knew he was looking out for me. Right, you know, right, like, right. You know, what can I say? Better be safe than sorry. So you, you got mad. You decided to like put a suspension, like basically yes, yeah. wait until. Yeah, what we do, what the <coughs> what we did at that time, we followed Association of Boxing Commission guidelines, and they've got guidelines for getting more medical information and getting getting questions answered. And you know, unfortunately, I think. I think previously they hadn't done that. You know, they they hadn't looked at the boxer severity index uh-huh. to determine whether John should keep fighting or not at that time. And as we got some more medical information, I just said, and, and ultimately John came to the conclusion himself. Ultimately, John said, uh, you know, you're right. I'm I'm not. But that's what the commission is there for right. is to protect yeah. protect fighters like John who. I mean, he just wants to fight, and he can fight. I uh-huh. mean, he was fighting a 25-year-old guy. If they'd have matched him up in fair fight, it, you know, John would still have been beating people in his mid 40s. Yeah. But they, you know, that's not the way the boxing. That's not the way the game of boxing works. Yeah. You know, they work. It doesn't work that way. Right. And so, um, you know, they they were putting him in, and but ultimately, the the commission is there to protect fighters who have a heart of a lion like John does, right, right. protect it from themselves and so make that sure was, they That was your last fight then? Definitely. Yeah. You would get in the ring right now, right? If, you, if they say... <laughs> <laughs> I think I could, but I wouldn't. Well, when John told the story about his book and how the book got started, he had gone up to Michigan, New Holland, Michigan, to fight. And that's when they called uh, me uh, and said, why is he on the suspension list? What do we got to do to get him off the suspension uh, list? And I said, I, I said, hey, John knows exactly what he's got to do to uh, get off the suspension uh, list. I would beat the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably would have. And that's what that's tough for a commission because you got a guy and you're stopping their livelihood, right, you know, right, right, right. by not not letting them have their license. And. Uh, you know, I don't like doing that, but at the same time, that's the job of the commission. That's, that's how the, the friendship kind of, uh, the the, uh, the beginning of you, you, two, you two becoming friends. So yeah. it's been almost, you know, a couple of years, it'll be 20 years then that you guys have been. That's right. And, you know, when I, what happened was I looked into John's whole career after this, you know, I knew who he was to begin with, but I really looked, took a hard look at it. And I said, hey, you know, we've got this thing here in Iowa. It's, uh, we've got something called a Lifetime Achievement Award. We hadn't given it out uh-huh. in, in, forever and finally I decided this is a career that's worthy of taking a look at the lifetime achievement award and we got the right. commission together and we all took a look at it and said this so John got the John got the uh, first lifetime achievement award in the modern era here from oh, the state of Iowa for his from the Iowa athletic commission? commission yes oh how did you feel when that happened surprise surprise why why surprise Hilt? uh Surprise! Definitely no, no reason to stay. Uh, maybe uh, they thought I was a guy, should have got in. Uh-huh. Hey, they give it to me, so I appreciate it. Can so I fo- can I follow up on that a little bit? Sure. I, yeah. I think I think. So I'm gonna say this. I think boxing and combat sports in general is. 
I hate using the word corrupt because there's actually so many good people in combat sports, and I don't want to make it sound like it's old, you know, it's all horrible, but it is, it is corrupt, uh-huh. and it's been corrupt for a long time. Uh-huh. And what happened is, is after John won the title, he had people in the industry that used him. Uh-huh. They used him in various ways. They put him in, man, you know, what John really needed after he won that title, what he really needed is a is an outstanding manager who was looking out for his interests, and he didn't have that. Right, right. And he got in with promoters and other people in the industry that really used him. It messed up his career. He also had an injury outside the ring that was very significant and and uh, caused further damage. And, you know, John's taken – he's had a lot of wear and tear uh-huh. over the years. But I think John wasn't expecting it because he had gotten used by the sport of bo- – he'd been I used see. by the sport of boxing and kind of kind of after he won that title kind of torn up and, and – and knocked off to the side. And so I think he was a little surprised maybe that that uh, there were people in the sport that really did recognize what he did for the sport and what he contributed still even after all that occurred. Yeah. At least that's how I hope you feel about it, John. <coughs> Definitely. Great point. So, so the reason why this is kind of coming about is because Manny, our, our uh, partner here, um, he ran into uh, John at the gym and – Manny's a big boxing fan, and he's like, hey, you, you, I ran into this guy, and, he, you know, he started telling me. I'm like, what? I don't know. You know, and I've been in Iowa since 95. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I guess the UFC kind of overshadowed a lot of, a lot in the last 15 years. But um, so we wanted to see what, like, your boxing, uh, what you think about the boxing uh, right now, who was your favorite in the back, like, you were kind of mentioning who was your favorite boxer. So um, I guess let's start off with, like, I don't know. Go ahead. You, yeah. you have so I've been a boxing fan since uh, probably the 80s. It was my first fight that I saw live on television was Hector Macho Camacho from Puerto Rico against Julio Cesar Chavez. Um, and since then, I, I, I you know, I, I was, I can't remember. I'm, I'm aging myself right now, mm-hmm. so I can't remember <laughs> how old I was, but that was my first. Uh, that was my first uh, boxing match. Uh, do you remember? Uh, I mean, did you ever follow uh, like Julio Cesar Chavez? You know, Mexican. Uh, yeah, I fought on his undercard. Uh, good guy down to earth. Don't speak very good English. He, <laughs> yeah. smiled, he smiled and shook my hand. <coughs> and the time when I fought there, you know, walked in the door. They was shoot, it was Camacho Macho time. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I was in Camp Camacho, Don King. You know, they're like me and you put pants on. They go to the bathroom yeah. the same, so they're no different. Just, just average people. Just average people. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, I came out. I was working out at the Y here downtown to follow what Amner was saying. How we met, and I do boxing fitness in Austin, Texas. Uh, Mayweather boxing fitness in Austin, Texas, and I had a Mayweather. Uh, t-shirt and that's how he stopped me he's like mayweather uh randomly you know i have somebody random just stop me and say oh i found one of the mayweathers i'm like okay and he told me about his book uh i looked him up and and first you know i think i was in a hurry you know trying to get yeah. out go home or you know just got out of the gym and then later on I'm like, oh i should have got his number so i kept going back to the gym and then somebody told me you know somebody's supposed to give me your number but i think they gave me the wrong number or an old number that you had and I was hating myself because I didn't, you know, get his number the first time. And then uh, later on, uh, I saw him again. And then uh, I, I saw him outside. I stopped my workout, 
walked all the way outside and then, yeah. you know, like, yeah, you remember me? He's like, yeah, you're the good memory. Because he's like, yeah, you're the guy with the Mayweather t-shirt. Like, yep. So speaking of that, so go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, what, what is your opinion on Floyd uh, calling himself, you know? What's my opinion Floyd? Great fighter. No comment. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Why not? You got to tell us what you think. He calls himself the TBE, is it? The best ever? Well, Floyd's, Floyd's is different. Floyd's uh, a different person. Uh, I don't know what Floyd do. I don't know how he sleep. I don't know what he eats, but uh, he's Mayweather. So stylistically, who, who stylistically, who's your favorite boxer? Like, is it? Uh, uh, my favorite, I got, I got three or four favorite Who are they? My number one fighter is Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay. Number two is... Why Sugar? Let's go with him first. Why, why fast him? Fast hands, sweet. Cheers. Uh, good talking. Uh, unique. Class. Class act. Okay. And then after after Sugar, who's your next? Uh, it's so hard. Maybe... Uh, Macho and uh, Aaron Pryor. Aaron Pryor. I mean, okay. Yeah. So th those are are by by. It seems like you're on the more character because you said you know uh, Sugar Ray. It it is you it's know a great guy. Yeah. But then who do you think is the best ever? Then what what's the? I think the best ever is Muhammad Ali. Okay, I agree. I, I agree with you. What, why him over Mike Tyson? Because that's the big debate. Uh, he he gets your memory, he plays with your mind, and uh, he's a great dancer, fast hands, and he's hard to hit. He's rope a you. Tyson, Tyson doesn't use his. I can't say Tyson's a good fighter, but if you get Tyson on his game like Douglas did, he can beat Tyson. Smarts, he can win the fight. Intelligent. Gotcha. Now, but what about in in modern era right now? Who is your favorite bo active boxer? Right now, hmm, little lightweights, I guess. Shakur Stevenson and uh, Devin Haney. Okay. Yeah, we, I think we talked about too. I can't remember it was after or before, but we talked about Terence Crawford going against. Oh. Uh, Earl Spence, and I think fight two is going to be a total different story. I believe it's going to be closer. I believe Crawford will win, but uh, really, it's going to be closer. I think this it one might was be, like a debacle. Like yeah, a, I think 154 pounds is going to make it a little bit different because they say that uh, Spence was dried, dried up, and but then you got to look at this on this side of the fence. Crawford's going to be stronger. He's putting the extra muscle on, so uh, I still it's going to be a closer fight. But you think Crawford still wins? Crawford's going to win. Yeah. What about what? What do you think about Canelo? They don't want him. Who doesn't want him? Any nobody. You think Canelo will? I think he'll walk through everybody. He's. You like Canelo then? Mm, I can't say I like him. He's a future. <laughs> <laughs> but you like him to win. Yeah, he's a great Mexican. Uh. We got a lot of great Mexican fighters. I think the best one ever will be Julio Cesar Chavez. Julio Cesar yeah. Chavez. Unstoppable. And yeah, Salvador. 
Yeah. Best fighter, I believe, one of the best fighters in history. Yeah. Um, who's the greatest heavyweight? Muhammad Ali. Then. Ali. Uh, Ali. Then I believe uh, George Foreman. George mm -hmm. Foreman. Mm -hmm. Who's the Who's the greatest? Uh, what's the next one? A light heavyweight. Mm -hmm. I tell you, Spinks. Okay. Spinks. Uh, Michael Spinks. What about what's the next? What, what do you think is the best <laughs> weight? Like I, I, I always believe it, it was welterweight. You know, like Oscar De La Hoya reigning there. I think uh, the best weight was back then welterweight, but now it's a lightweight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot of light classier acts. Yes, we have a lot of lightweight uh, competition and talent. Mm -hmm. You know, what about uh, uh, out of the big? What were they called? The big four. Uh, um, uh, Manos de Piedra Duran, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, oh, Marvin Hagler. Oh, I forgot. What about, uh, what's the other? What's the fourth one? Who's the fourth one? Tommy Hearns. Tommy oh. Hearns. Oh, Out of those four, who did you like the most? Ooh, Ray Leonard. Uh, Ray Leonard's always my idol. Then Tommy Hearns, long reach, big hand, big knockout. I was surprised that Ray Leonard beat him. But Ray was about to win that fight. He had heart. What got Ray to the 14th was heart. You're blowing it, kid. You're blowing it. Uh -huh. And uh, if it wasn't for that, uh, Tommy would have beat Ray. He was killing Ray the whole fight. Shut that eye. <coughs> so boxing is like a sports. I mean, I guess a lot of sports, but boxing is one that's closest to like parallel to life, right? Like you get literally beat up. You literally get that's knocked down. You literally have to get up. Tell tell us about how do you compare? Uh, like, tell us about a time that you got knocked down that you remember that you can kind of like put together with your life, or like kind of like a metaphor of your of how life is. Is there is there a knockdown where you were down and you? Uh, how did you get up? And tell us about that if you remember. Well, in sparring, I got knocked. I was, I got hit so when you hard. were sparring, yeah, I was in sparring. Got hit so hard, man. I didn't see millions of stars, like not real true stars, like flashes. Uh -huh. And I didn't want to get back up, but I got up and I quit at this spring practice that day. Because, man, you don't know what it feels like. When you see them stars and flashes, it's like that's all you can see for, for like uh, 20, 25, 30 seconds. Really? It's lights, white lights, like how many lumps? One or two? You know, like you see the cartoons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they run into a while, they see flashes? Yes. All you see a big old round circle, all you see is lights. Yeah, yeah, Light, yeah. light, lights. That's all you see. Uh, so in uh, sparring, you were getting hit like that. Is that what you said? Oh, yeah, I've seen stars. I what about in a match, inside a match that you remember being? I I didn't really hear I get hit in the stomach and, man, it's like kidneys. What would you prefer, a hit in the head or a hit in the kidneys and the liver? Body in the shot? head. You would prefer get hit in the head? Why? Yeah. What happens? What What's with the body? What is, well, what is it about inside. the body shot? Huh? You bleed. Oh. Bleed. That's mm -hmm. why a good body shot, you can take somebody down. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give, like, young boxers? Well, young advice, advice that I give to them was... Uh, is what you want. You gotta be serious because you know boxing is—it's not a 
play game is not it's serious. It's deadly. You can take somebody's life. And if you're not training right, you know, you can go in there and you can destroy your life. You can come out with uh, slurpiness, blindsided. And uh, there's just a lot of things, you know. It's it's very dangerous sport. You got to take it serious. It's not no horseplay game. And another thing is, if you want to do this, you got to be serious. You got to give 100%. You got to be dedicated to the sport. Because if you don't, you can go in there, you could be somebody, a victim. You will be a victim. Mm. You'll be in your grave early before you know it. Mm. Yeah, somebody said you can play football, you play soccer, but you don't play boxing. No. <laughs> Which is brain damage. That's one of the things I think I always admire, and maybe I didn't get the opportunity, or maybe I didn't want it enough, but uh, you know, I admire the boxers and the boxing. Uh, sport because of you know your body you know you got to treat it like a temple you know so uh you know obviously i go out and have a beer on the weekends i don't think i would be doing that <laughs> if yeah. if i was you know boxing and you know your diet your conditioning you know you got to be cigarette free oh, you know yeah. and sacrifices man. Tell, exactly. us, uh, tell us about that tell us about your dedication and uh, like the sacrifices that you have to make dedication running uh he has run so much. He had to eat the right proper foods. Uh, sometimes you can't eat, so man, your stomach grumbles. You gotta know what you can eat, what not to eat, what to drink, not to drink. Uh, the proper rest. Not going out, hanging around your friends, uh. ladies. Uh, no nightlife. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like. Uh, were you strict with yourself when you were like uh, preparing for a fight, or did you do some partying in between? Off and on, partying. Why not? You know, you only <laughs> live once. Life's too short. Yeah. I was strict sometimes. At what point did you like? Let's say the fight was, you know, eight weeks from now. How oh. long were you? But like, did you party within the eight weeks, twelve mm, weeks? When I went to fight for the title and train up to Wisconsin. I had to be in bed at 10, 9 o'clock. He wouldn't let me go out and party. Uh. I, I trained twice a day, and I couldn't get out of it, you know. Uh, he made sure. So I like, I was getting babysitted. Hey, that's what it takes sometimes. Put your, body, put, put your foot down on a great fighter, and you got a potential. You got to watch him, because if you don't, he's going to complete a lot of errors. Mm. He's going to make bad choices. Sacrifices, chase women's out there when you shouldn't be doing that. So nowadays you're out kind of promoting your book and selling it, and you do signings. Um, what else do you want to do, John? What else? What else is up? Uh -huh. Live and see tomorrow. Yeah, want to see tomorrow. Want to see uh, Thanksgiving. You've you had a. a very interesting life. I mean, you've met celebrities, you've met other boxers. You, you've yeah, met you met your, your idol, Sugar Ray Leonard, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. How was that? that? Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Did you have a good conversation with him? Uh, oh, yeah, we got yeah. pictures, took it together. Uh, he told me one time he's probably married to uh, a Roby. She said she was probably my relation. Mm -hmm. A Roby, yeah, he was married to a Roby. Mm -hmm. uh. Mm -hmm. Who 
who was your favorite person, like famous person that you met that you that you took away a good experience from? What do you mean, like recall and backstep on that? What do you mean, what kind of person? Oh, like a celebrity. Like, did you meet anybody famous that you that they made a good impression on you, or that they gave you some good advice or uh, some good? Not really. I never really met. I just met like celebrities such as boxers. Okay. And stuff like that. I met Vanell Whitaker. He's all right, guy. Vanell Whitaker. I saw him fight. Holyfield. Uh, Holyfield. So so. Uh huh. Also so. Two different people. What's a fight that you're looking forward to see in this n this next uh, in the near future? What's a good fight that you're like? This would be a good fight. Uh, I think uh, Shakur Stevenson and Tank Davis. Oh, mm -hmm. that's a good one. Who would you Who would you take on that one? Shakur. Tank. He Tank. He hits. He hits you hard. Tank. What if we can make fight? What if they can make Tank Davis and uh, Haney? Tank. Really? Okay. Haney's a good runner. Uh, Shakur's been calling him out. Mm -hmm. That's why he went to 140. But I'm sort of beginning to think uh, Shakur, he's getting cocky. But what see. about uh, Pitbull? Is it the, what's yeah. his name? Is he Cruz. in the conversation? Oh, you know, th that was a That was a tough fight hey. for Tank Davis. Oh. Devin Haley don't want the uh, you know what? They uh, asked uh, Shakur to fight him. He turned down uh, Shakur. Everybody's running from Shakur. Stevenson. Frank Martin, they all ran from Shakur. Nobody wants him. <coughs> but uh, here he's won the vacant title. He beat that uh, one guy. But uh, now who's next in line for uh, Shakur is... Uh, I think Frank Martin want to fight him, but they are getting a chance, but... He's still chasing after Devin Haney. Yeah. What about heavyweight? Uh, Usyk is about to make a deal. Or they, I think they just finalized uh, with uh, uh, Fury, Tyson Fury. Yeah. I ain't really watching much of the uh, heavyweight. Oh, the heavyweight. Gotcha. You know, but why not? That's not that's not my weight, and uh, oh, I recognize okay. it. Mm -hmm. You know, I like lightweights. Yeah. What do you think about? Uh, the whole like phenomenon of like MMA fighters coming over and boxing and like what do you make of all that? Uh, well, I tell you what, I give real MMA fighters fighters respect. They got the natural takedown, but for the hands upper, they don't have it. But if you put a fighter to, if you let a fighter fight a MMA fighter, I give a MMA fighter the edge. Uh, by takedowns, but if you're boxing, give it to the boxer. Uh, right. So, so anybody that's coming over to boxing, more than likely they're gonna probably gonna lose. They're gonna lose, but if it's takedowns, I give it to MMA fighters. Right. So, um, Joe, what? Uh, um, tell us about the the boxer that kind of, um, you know, like wh how you how you met. John, uh, basically suspending him like that's kind of a, a thing that happens, right? Like boxers uh, tend to like box until they're literally told no mm -hmm. by commissions or something. Uh, you were with the our athletic commission for quite some time. Did you see that a lot? Yes, <clears throat> yes, I did. And 
it, it, and it's not just in boxing. You're starting to see it in MMA now as well. Uh-huh. You know, the MMA fighters just not in, and that's why, and that's one of the things I'm concerned about with these transition to other sports is that you got to take into account the whole picture, you know, and they got this bare knuckle that's on the rise, right, the right, bare knuckle right. boxing. You see a lot of MMA fighters transitioning over and they're getting, and you know, you get guys in their late thirties, early forties. You got, uh, um, I'm forgetting his name. The guy from Omaha fighting at 50 and, and winning fights over there, uh, in, in bare knuckle. But these are guys who've taken a lot of punishment in their, in their Houston Alexander was a fighter I was thinking of and and they've taken oh, a lot of yeah. punishment still, in their he's sports. Still going? Yeah, wow. and had a had a brutal knockout. I think last year uh, knocked out his opponent, uh, and and um, you know, the, their fighters are when when you find somebody like John who's got the real heart of a fighter, that's what they know how to do. That's how they they want to get in there and fight. Uh-huh. You know, and at some point the commission's job is to step in and say, you know what, it's it's time. It's t- and it's hard because, like I say, you got some of these fighters now. When they get older, they got a name. Now they're getting the biggest paychecks of their careers. Uh, they got they got paid peanuts. You know, uh, you know, John wins a title fight, and as you you know, you heard him. It wasn't that much money right. for the time. And now, now when they're later in their career, they got a shot at this big money. But but the the wear and tear on their body that they've already had, combined with what they're going to be taking at, and you know, in their late thirties, early forties, it's just. There, somebody has to weigh that, and somebody has to step in at some point and say, "We got to do something about this." Uh, and so that's that's the jo- that's the job of the commission. And what I'll say, you guys were talking about conditioning and John's. One of the main reasons there were three things we looked at when we gave John that lifetime achievement award. Number one, when we were looking at the characteristics, number one is he was a true professional, and that's hard to find. When he showed up for fight, that's fight he showed up at age forty four at a local fairgrounds up in. Delaware County, Iowa, there was no question. He was the fighter who was in the best shape. He had taken uh-huh. it more seriously than anybody else. Other guys there trying to get ranked, other guys there trying to build their records and, and get big money fights. John was the one who showed up. There was no question he was in the best condition of everybody there. And and it showed that night. And so it was his professionalism. It was the fact that he's got a heart of a lion. And when I say that, what I mean is he's just a fighter at, at his core. That's what he is. And then the third thing is that John is just a character guy. I mean, he's a good character guy. And so it was those three things that convinced the uh, athletic commission to give him the What do you think? Energy. What do you think it's is is uh it's fair for or what should John like uh or what can the state of Iowa can do for John to like uh celebrate him more? Is there anything else that you kind of foresee uh, <coughs> or hope? Well, number number 1 what I think needs to happen, and this isn't something the state of Iowa can do, this is something that has to the sport has to take this on, and that's that's that there has to be pensions and health care for fighters, and that's something that is it's bigger than the state of Iowa. California's trying to do it; they've got a pension system for their fighters out okay. there, and it's great. The Association of Boxing Commissions has set up a fund, a charitable fund for fighters, but that's that's not what it should be. It should be something that you pay into and that boxers pay into to create a real trust fund for fighters and that they can get pensions and health care. And that's just a matter of making the promoters pay a little bit of money out of these and, and having a system set up for that. So number one, what I would say is that needs to happen. Number two, um, you know, each state commission 
ought to have what would be great is have a true hall of fame. Uh, and you know, smaller States like Iowa, we can't, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of planning. There's upfront money that needs to go into something like that. But uh, if we had a true Hall of Fame here, you know, we could celebrate fighters like because John's not the only one. There's other great fighters that came right, out of Iowa right, right, that right. deserve that opportunity to be recognized in that way. Right. And there's there's been a couple efforts to start that here in Iowa, but it's never gotten off the ground. I think uh, also, you know, going back to the the funding for uh, the pension <coughs> and the, and the health care. <laughs> Uh, I guess maybe the one thing that I never liked about boxing is that we have all these associations, you know, WBO and IBO, and if they could, you know, pitch in and actually, you know, do that, I think that would be a game changer. But obviously, that's what are the odds of that. Happening? Yeah, that's all. I mean, that that's the money cat or money cat or cash cow, whatever you call it. But so yeah. Yeah, and that is, and that's the, always been the knock on boxing is mm -hmm. you got all these, you got the sanctioning bodies, and of course the model in MMA is completely different. Correct. You where the promoter has all the power and all the control and authority on everything, mm. uh, whereas boxing is a boxer-driven sport, but it's it's also it's it's uh, it's driven by these sanctioning bodies and makes it makes it quite a bit different. But at the end of the day, you know, it really is actually something that's it's it's completely doable if people had the will to do it, it's a matter of getting the promoters and the sanctioning bodies to, to pony up and to put, put money into a fund like that. And that's where, you know, it, what I would say as an old union guy is that uh, boxers ought to have a union uh -huh. and they ought to be, they, you know, the way other professional sports athletes do and go negotiate for that and negotiate something that's fair. Um, that would take money out of, you know, those the big money, you know, these mega fights, they would have to set a portion of those that those funds aside for for all boxers. You know, you have to meet certain criteria, but it'd be for all boxers to uh, to share in that. <coughs> and uh, because what happens now is the boxers at the top uh, get everything, you know, and then there's all these other box, there's all these other fighters out there who make the sport happen. Right. Uh, you know, true professionals who make the sport happen and they get done with their careers and, and, and got very little to show for it. We made it happen. So what's your message? Uh, I mean, you have people like Joe that look out for you and they're very good friends of yours. I mean, you, you're signing books for fans that, you, that you're like gaining with this new release of your book. Do you have less parting words? I'm going to go out there and do what I think is best for the boxing, you know. Sell my books, promote myself, and tell about my story. Tell them about the crooks and the cons and the Jews. I think everybody needs to know what's really going on in boxing. Uh -huh. It's not what you think it is. Not what you think it's to be. You know, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of politics. It's who you are. And you got to believe me, you can't trust anybody. There's just cons always out there. Is there a specific like situation that you want to kind of go into detail that happened that you that that uh? No, I was just too trustworthy, <laughs> and my career is over, and I want to pass it on to the next guy ahead of me. You know, you got to watch out for yourself. And boxing is what it is. I can't change the past. What happened? And I'll just go ahead and. So what? What's a good advice that you would give a boxer that like? As far as management goes, not in the boxing or like dedication, but like as as far as like managing their career, what's good advice that you would give them? <coughs> yeah, there's nothing really, but I could say, say just just watch them. 
uh, watch them, see how they guide your career, see if they give you things, not just from taking from you, but giving you. And that's all I can say to boxers. If I could pipe in here, John and I have talked about this some, and what I, what, you know, if I, and I, I do get a chance once in a while to talk to young fighters who are coming up. Uh-huh. And I've drawn a lot from John and my experience talking with John. And what, what I would say is, A, trust your gut. Uh-huh. And if something doesn't feel right, if, if you feel like, you know, you're getting down there and something doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Uh-huh. And so trust your gut. And number two, you've got to have somebody you trust in your corner. And, and you have to really trust them and know they're looking out for you. And then you have to listen to them when they talk to you. And that's in it because, you know, you get, sometimes I've seen people, they got good people in their corner. They got good people telling them stuff and, and the fighter won't listen to them. You know what I mean? It, it's, and then other times you got fighters who they're ready to listen to somebody. They don't have the right person in their corner. They got somebody who's trying to take advantage of them or somebody who's trying to get them to do something that's not in their best interest for, for, for them, for their own selves. And so I've, I've seen it a lot both ways, but the answer would be trust your gut. Uh-huh. And have somebody in your corner that you can really trust and listen to them. Yeah. Well, John, I want to thank you for making time for us, and I've, and also for like allowing us to go and uh, and take uh, you know pictures of your belts and uh, opening the door to your place. Uh, uh, you have an amazing story, and I want to thank you for making time and and hopefully we'll see you again on uh, another book signing and whenever i mean how can people get a hold of you like if if you're up for for interviews right oh yeah i got business cards out too you and got business card okay yeah i give you business cards tonight manny mm-hmm. yeah. all right so we'll put your contact information when we post this episode on business cards you know and um yeah well thank you for coming and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon and then maybe you can write chapter two on your book <laughs> yes <laughs> maybe chapter three or four chapter too. three or four the stories ain't over to his fat lady say what do they what do they say about the fat lady uh, you know but anyway my story's not over this is beginning awesome well thank you very much john i appreciate it thank you thank for you. coming yeah. thank you joe thank you, thank thanks you, for having me thank you yes. This podcast is brought to you by Infinite Resources, a local staffing agency connecting diverse job candidates and central Iowa companies. Amplified.